Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, welcome into the Arrowhead Addict Podcast Chiefs postgame show. It is a victory party. My name is Patrick Allen. The Kansas City Chiefs have eliminated... For the second year in a row, the Cincinnati Bengals from postseason contention uh, with a 25-17 to victory over Jake Browning, Jamar Chase, and the Cincinnati Bengals. Kansas City, with the victory, clinches their eighth straight AFC West championship. That's eight in a row. Keep in mind that um, the last time that a team not named the Kansas City Chiefs won the AFC West was in 2015 when Peyton Manning was still playing football and was leading the Denver Broncos. Just an absolutely incredible run by the Chiefs. Uh, You've got to be proud. Look, I know, and we're going to break it down. Matt Verderam from Sports Illustrated is going to join me in just a few. But you should be proud tonight as 2023 winds down of your Kansas City Chiefs and what they have accomplished over the course of, uh, of this run of just absolute dominance of the AFC West. And the and the door is wide open for them to continue on this run. They've got some things they've got to fix. I don't know how this season's going to end. It probably won't end in the Chiefs hoisting a Lombardi trophy, although stranger things have happened. But the, Ch- the Chiefs, absolutely incredible run of dominance. The, the Broncos don't have a quarterback. They're going to cut Russell Wilson. They're in cap hell. The Chargers do have a good quarterback, but they just fired their head coach. They're, they've got cap issues. The Raiders, who knows who their quarterback's going to be, what's going on with them. I mean, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, this division is still right for the taking next year. Uh, but we'll get into all of that. But look, you got to take your hats off to the Chiefs defense in this one. After struggling early on in the first half of this game, where the Bengals were kind of dinking and dunking on them, Jake Browning was running, extending plays, the Bengals ate up all the time of possession in the first half. I think it was they had like 21 minutes, almost 22 minutes of of possession to the Chiefs having about eight minutes. Um, at the end of the game, that gap closed a little bit, 34 minutes for the Bengals, 25 for the Chiefs. But the Chiefs' defense was just absolutely incredible in the second half of this game, pitching a shutout, which is exactly what the Chiefs' offense, which was still struggling to score touchdowns, needed. By the way, you're listening to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, we appreciate you. Hit that like button for the Chiefs for this uh, eighth straight AFC West championship. Let's get some more Chiefs fans in here and talk about this game. But again, if you're looking at MVPs in this game, and we'll give out some Arrowheads a little bit later, it starts with the defense and it ends with Harrison Butker, right? The defense in the second half of that game was absolutely outrageous. I was almost feeling bad for Jake Browning on that last drive because they were beating the hell out of him. He was sacked six times in this game, eight tackles for a loss from this Chiefs defense, four passes defended. They hit Jake Browning in this game 14 times, 14 times. George Karloftis hit him three times, racked up one and a half sacks in this one, 
had a tackle for a loss. Omenihu got on the got in on the action. Um, j- just a tremendous performance by them. Two sacks from Justin Reed. That's Steve Spagnolo getting in his bag. Uh, we talked about this at the halftime show. If the Chiefs were able to adjust at the half defensively, they were doing enough things well offensively in the first half that we felt confident that they would be able to win the game if they kept doing those things, if they were able to make the defensive adjustments. Shout out to Raymond Chandler for the super chat. Appreciate you, Raymond. Rice, 127 yards. Chase, 41 yards, three receptions, even though the Chiefs had no one who could cover him. If you watched the uh, and great point by Raymond, if you watched uh, the Jamar Chase press conference earlier this week, he said he wasn't particularly impressed with anybody on the Chiefs. Well, he might be singing a different tune after this one because the Chiefs pretty much locked him down. When you can hold Jamar Chase to three receptions of 41 yards, Tyler Boyd didn't do anything. He got his second catch on that last drive. Uh, tremendous. And uh, T. Higgins, who came back in the second half, he was injured through part of the first half, but still targeted twice, one catch for 19 yards. Chase was targeted seven times in this game, only brought in three receptions for 41 yards, had that long of 24. Their next most targeted and, and most receptions on the offense was the tight end, Tanner Hudson, with three receptions for 38 yards. Look, Verderam is going to join us in just a minute, but I really, truly believe, are the Chiefs' problems solved? No. But if they continue to play this way, I think this is the way, the way that they played in the second half of this game, this is the way the Chiefs need to play in the playoffs to have a chance to advance and maybe try to make it back to the Super Bowl. It was conservative offense, not turning the ball over, running the football, and taking what the defense gave them, including any time there were points available. I'd love them to be the aggressive Chiefs of years past, but they just they're not that team right now offensively, and they probably won't be this year. The way they played this game gave them the chance to win, and they got it done. With all of those field goals, they didn't turn the ball over, and their defense played lights out, enabling them uh, to hang around in this one and not to cough it up and hand it to the Bengals, as Matt Verderam is going to join us to get his take on uh, the Chiefs' eighth straight victory. As I see you're in New York, I know that China cabinet well. I am in New York, um, so it's a little later for me. I'm not used to doing this now at 7.30. I'm out of practice. Um, I thought that game was – more encouraging, not because they necessarily won. I mean, certainly winning helps, but I know they kicked six field goals. It's not perfect. Nobody's claiming it's perfect. I thought they were far more crisp on offense than they'd been in two months. They actually, like, they were on time out of the huddle. They lined up. They knew where they were supposed to be. They were able to run their motions. They didn't have one pre-snap penalty in that game today. Not one. Yep. No legal formations. Didn't line up in the neutral zone. I know that's elementary stuff. I get it. But they've sucked at elementary stuff for two months now. So for them, that's a positive. I don't know how many yards they had in that game. It had to be close to 400. I mean, they they moved the ball throughout the game. What, they punt once, twice? I mean, it wasn't a lot. So, yeah. you know, all told, I thought they played well. They had 373 yards. The, the Bengals had 263. The Chiefs in that game averaged seven yards per play, which – for for a reference point, would by a mile be the number one spot in the league. Nobody usually even averages more than five and a half. Uh, the Bengals averaged under four. So, look, 
In the end, was it pretty? No. The defense in the first half made me want to pour Clorox into my eyes. The second <laughs> half of the game, I mean, they were great. They, they got a huge – listen, the, the, the play that changed that game was their fourth down stop in, at, at the goal line. That, yeah. was the, that was the play. Everything switched after they did that. The Bengals – I don't know if the Bengals had positive yardage after that. I'm pretty sure they had negative yardage after that play. That was when the game changed, and now they're – Division champs for the eighth straight year, the only team ever to do that other than them, the New England Patriots. Yeah, and that 373 yards that you mentioned is really impressive considering the discrepancy in time of possession, particularly in the first half where it was it was absolutely out of whack. She saw the ball for yep. eight minutes. Um, credit Steve Spagnuolo, I said this before you came on, for making the adjustments in, at halftime to figure out what the Bengals were doing to slow them down, and they just beat the hell out of Jake Browning at the end of that game. Um, just yeah. absolutely. I, I was telling the, the folks before you arrived that I almost felt a little bit bad for him. Almost. They hit him 14 times and you could see it like on that last drive, he was getting up off the turf and he was just sort of like, all right. I mean, I, you know, credit him cause he kept getting up off the turf, but he was getting whacked all around. Do you want a smart lock, a 2k cam in doorbell all in one? Now you can with Eufy, the Eufy Video Smart Lock E330. Easy to install. All you need is just a Phillips screwdriver. So easy that even I, yes, I figured out how to install it. It's a keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys, which, by the way, I didn't even have a key to my front door. Uh, yeah, I had to go through the garage, so I would be SOL if something were to happen, but not anymore with Eufy. It's keyless. You have no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge monthly fees. Your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage, and the customer service is top-notch now. Let's be real. I didn't have to use it. I figured out how to use that Phillips screwdriver to install. Trust me, guys. I, I, I'm not lying to you. It is extremely easy. But if you have issues with your Eufy or installation, be rest assured Eufy's on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty. If you want to check it out, which I highly recommend you do, check out the Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I was saying, just as you were coming in, that if the Chiefs are going to advance in the playoffs, this is exactly how they have to play, which is take care of the football, don't try to be don't don't try to be heroes on offense. Just take care of the football. Don't be a net negative, and let your defense do its thing and try to put up enough points to 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 win the game. Do you agree with that? I do. Um, the offense has to turn some of the struggles into touchdowns. But I thought overall, other than the again a turnover, I thought offensively they they actually like showed real signs of life in this game. And I think the one thing that we saw, like early in the year, Rasheed Rice was almost getting his yards exclusively at the line of scrimmage and then running. They're starting to get to the point now they are throwing him the ball down the field. I mean, that that pass down the field to him was gorgeous. And he just 
gone, 67 yards down the sideline. Like, good luck. That kid, if Kelsey's going to be doubled all the time, fine. Throw it to throw it to she Rice. I mean, I'm not even going to get into the MVS stuff because I'd like to enjoy my night. Why he continues to play, I'll never understand it. He stinks. Um, but Pacheco had a huge night. Like early on in that game when nothing else was start, like really clicking, Pacheco kept him in that game almost by himself. And the run blocking was very good. I thought, listen, I want to give credit where it's due to. Jawan Taylor has stunk for weeks on end. I thought Jawan Taylor played a really good game. Like I, I really against edges who can get pressure, who can get home, who are good rushers. He wasn't perfect, but he was good. But I think, you know what? It's a weird thing. Like, normally the last handful of years, we always sit here and we know when the Chiefs play, they're going to get too high against them all game long. That's not happening anymore. Right? They're getting a lot of one high. And if teams are going to go one high against them, they have to throw the ball down the field. Yeah. Throw to Rice. Throw to Hardman. Throw to Watson. I don't care. Like, even if you miss, you have to threaten teams with that. They did that tonight, and they got huge chunks out of it. Yeah, I think that was a big standout thing for me in this game offensively was it wasn't just dinking and dunking. They took the shots and they got explosive plays, which is explosive plays have just been completely absent from this offense. You had the 37-yard run from Pacheco. You had the 67-yard catch and run with Rasheed Rice, a 41-yard pass to Justin Watson, a 21-yard pass to Isaiah Pacheco, and, and you would have had another big play if if MVS could catch. That was a little out in front of him. But he should get the benefit that of that ball right through his hands. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and by the way, with him, it's the only thing I'm going to say about him because I don't want to waste my time. Like that ball that he dropped egregiously, the first one. Yeah. And then he looked at Mahomes and made this motion like it was behind me. I don't know how Mahomes didn't walk over there and get into a fist fight with him. Like, are you kidding me? First of all, it wasn't a bad throw. It was right on you. Second of all, you've dropped every ball under the sun and you're going to complain to your quarterback because he threw the ball three inches behind you on your hip. Are you kidding? He was getting I mean, sacked too. Like any anybody in the NFL would tell you they should catch that ball hundred times out of hundred. So in any event, that's fine. They'll save twelve million on him. I also will. I, I will say this now in a joking manner because it didn't cost him. I truly appreciated Richie James almost putting me into arrhythmia when he fielded a punt <laughs> in the fucking end zone. What is happening? Like yeah. he went back on that Patrick. I swear to God, when he went back into the end zone, I was like, oh, balls over his head, and then and then he caught it. And I was like, oh, my God, he's going to try to run this ball. And he almost got tackled at the one, and then he was able to get himself to the nine. That play, that would have been an all-timer if something catastrophically went wrong there. Yeah. I mean, like, if he muffs that and they recover it in the end zone, is that the first time a punt's ever been muffed and recovered for a touchdown by their team in the end zone? Yeah. It has it's, to be. It's unbelievable. Um Credit him. He 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 made up for it a little bit later. Big return. With, yeah, yeah. With, with a big return. Um, and and took care of the football on that return. I was I was panicking. It really reminded me a little bit of the Kadarius Tony return in the Super Bowl. Um, very similar. Ran to the same sideline. Was just uh not as big as that one, but was a big play in in a, in a tight spot. Um, yeah, I, we got a couple of super chats to get to. Let's do it. Uh. Shout out to 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 Fiori, B, B Fiori. Uh, I guess Chase really is an Iron Man, indeed. Shout out to Billy D for for the super chat. Raven Chandler with another one. If a punter shanked the ball every punt, would you keep playing him? So why do they keep playing MVS? That look, that's that's something that a hundred years from now, archaeologists, but studies will be done. Yeah, 
The, we're going to get like a 10 part 30 for 30 <laughs> where, they're, where they're interviewing people who are like, I have no idea what the hell is happening. Absolutely <laughs> not. They're going to they're going to interview like MBS's like grandkids and they're going to be like, listen, we can't defend that. Yeah. Actually, in fact, you're probably going to get one of those things where it's like MBS's grandkids have declined to be interviewed for this film. Right. You bet. You know, and fair enough. I, I also yeah. would decline to be interviewed for this film. Mm-hmm. One thing before we go any further on it, maybe you mentioned the Patrick. I know I joined a few minutes in. But Jarius Sneed, to me, was the MVP of that football game. That guy didn't practice all week. The internal expectation was up until this morning, really until this afternoon, he wasn't going to play today. He went out and played on Jamar Chase all night, traveled with him, was everywhere with him. Jamar Chase finished with three catches for 41 yards. And I got to tell you, Jamar Chase had a whole lot to say this week. He did nothing in that football game, absolutely nothing all evening long. If LeJarrius Sneed's not an all-pro this year, it's a disgrace. That yeah. guy, I would argue right now, he's the best corner in the NFL. He's traveled with every – I mean, think of the receivers they've seen this year. Nobody can beat this guy. He's, he's shut down Hill. He's shut down Keenan Allen. He's shut down Justin Jefferson. He sh- DJ Moore didn't have a catch until right. he got pulled in the fourth quarter. He now shut down Jamar Chase. I mean, you could go on and on and on. He hit, A.J. Brown had one catch for eight yards against him. I mean, he shut down everybody. Adams twice did nothing against him. That guy, if there is a definition of an all-pro, Lajarius Sneed needs to be a first-team all-pro. He has been spectacular. And with a bad calf today, he was again. And those guys aren't a dime a dozen. I mean, the guys that can do that are really rare – yeah, the Chiefs. I don't know if they're going to be able to because they'll. I mean, it's going. To, we're talking a couple Brinks trucks. A guy that can do that. You got to pay him. Yeah, teams are going to teams are going to open up the pocketbook for him. So if the Chiefs want to lock him up before he has a chance to hit the market, they're they're going to have to be the leaders in the clubhouse with, with the with paying him. Uh, and I think he'd be worth every penny. You know, I hate to say it, but. If you're if you're deciding behind between him and Chris Jones at this point in their careers, it, there's just no it, there's no choice at, at this point, And I am the biggest Chris Jones supporter you'll find at this juncture. There's you you sign on Jerry Snead. I mean he's he's what 26. He's got his best years you would think ahead of him. Jones has been very good this year. There have been times I know he's had a couple of games where he's been quiet, but like look, he's been very good for them. They're going to really miss Chris Jones. If Lejarius Sneed comes in at four and eighty, you pay him. Period. Like that guy. When you have him and McDuffie, that's special. Like you can't do anything against them in the in pass. I mean, nothing. Not one team has thrown for three hundred yards against them this year. Nobody. And by the way, I forgot about Stephon Diggs with four catches for twenty four yards, and McDuffie played against a big game Gabe and had zero catches for zero yard. Like. Yeah. If, if there is a, by the way, if there's a recipe for the Chiefs to find the way to the Super Bowl this year, it starts with those two guys. Yeah. Where you just shut teams down, where they just can't score, and then your offense does enough like we saw today, where you just, hey, you get four or five good drives, maybe, you know, hopefully it turns a few more touchdowns than today, but maybe you turn, maybe you turn five good drives into two touchdowns and three field goals, and you win 23 to 17. I mean, that's how they're going to have to win. But with those two guys at corner, they give themselves a shot. Sierra Head Attic Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, do us a favor, hit that like button and let us know in the chat what you thought of the game. Shout out to Derek Watson for the super chat. The defense made the second half adjustments. Give Spags and the defense all the credit. They deserve it. Absolutely. And, and shout out to Billy D. Um, I suck at super chat, so I apologize at the 
repetition. Can someone please tell me why we're not utilizing the run and play action? Look, I, you know, they, they ran well in this game. I, I, I thought it was really interesting. I thought they'd run a lot more in the second half, but they, they were seeing looks down the field and they opened it up a little bit and it seemed to work out for them. And credit to Pacheco, he ran really hard in the second half of that game and helped them milk that clock, 18 carries for 130 yards. I would like to see a little bit more play action from the Chiefs. If they're going to run a little bit more, I think it's really going to open things up for them. But they did what I asked them to do in our pregame show, which was run the ball early and open up for the pass. That's exactly what they did. It worked. Chiefs won. Um, I wanted to ask you, Vernon, real quick, and I don't want to spend too much time dwelling on MVS. But oh, please, let's not. I can't. <laughs> it, it, and I said this at halftime. I, I'm actually to the point where I, I – <laughs> right. I'm not even mad at MVS anymore. I, like I, 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 I feel like he's at the point where Dan Sorensen was, where it's just like, yeah. for whatever reason, he can't play anymore. And yeah. they keep putting him out there. And it's sort of like, it'd be like, you know, I said this at halftime. It'd be like if they put me out there at quarterback and I'm just getting creamed and I can't throw the ball and I'm, you know, I'm 40 year old man and people will be blaming me. They'd be like, what, why in God's name would you put that guy out there? He obviously shouldn't be in an NFL game. And I just feel like, with all due respect to MVS, that's that's where he is right now. He's 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 not there physically. He's not there mentally. He's not able to perform. The problem is he is physically there. That's the problem. Yeah, he is physically present. He yeah. he is not present in any other fashion. Um, I'm pretty sure, legitimately, he played like 90 percent of the snaps tonight. Like he was out there. A he lot. almost never came off the field. I don't know what it's going to take at this point, other than maybe like a full blown intervention, and I don't even know if that's enough. That being said, listen, man, like Mahomes, I thought, was right in the way he treated him. Like, look, you're going to be out here and you're open. I'm going to throw you the ball. And if you can't catch it, that's your problem. Like, I'm done with this. I'm not going to avoid you. I mean, I thought that of all the things offensively tonight that I was happy with, the, the thing that probably made me happiest, other than the fact they didn't have any penalties on the offensive line tonight, which is huge, I thought the best thing was that Mahomes was in rhythm for the most part. You know, there, the last couple of weeks, even in the New England game, there's been a lot of like he hits his back foot, he's scrambling around, and that's always going to happen a little bit. I mean, that's like that's football. Like guys are going to be covered, you're going to extend the play. There were an ungodly amount of plays like that last week where he would drop back and scramble around. And it, I thought in this game there was a lot of hitting the back foot and letting it go, like get rid of the football. And you got to just trust guys. You got to just trust guys to make plays. And if they don't, they don't. But like you got to put it up to them and say, hey, look, this is your job. My job is to throw you the football. Your job is to catch it. And if you don't do your job and we go home because of that, fine. Then you know what? Then that's the way it is. I thought the overall offensively – today was – I'm trying not to overstate it because I'm just trying to go backwards in my head. Certainly since the first Raiders game and maybe even the Miami game, this was the best I felt about them offensively. Just felt like a game where they had a purpose. It wasn't them just like fumbling in the dark looking for a ski – like they came out, they executed their offense. It wasn't perfect. They needed to score more points. Obviously, the field goal stuff, like you turn those into touchdowns, you win by 30 points. But they looked like you could build off of that, which is something I haven't said about the offense in at least a month. Yeah, Mahomes was really efficient in this game. He was 21 of 29, 245, a touchdown, no interceptions. Obviously, he had the fumble. He didn't feel the pressure. That was that was bad. You've got to you've got to be careful about that. But I thought otherwise, you know, there were a couple of moments where maybe he was even a little too conservative where he could have taken off 
on a play uh, or he checked it down a little bit too quickly. But I think, I, I think that was honestly part of the game plan. I think it was kind of back to basics, take what they give you. And then things started to open up and then he started taking some shots. But it, when he's been trying too hard to make things work, that's, that's when they end up with he's running around and they get a holding penalty. And now the drive is completely shot and they don't get the field goal. And I think in a game like this, with a team that, while this is not a good Bengals defense, no. they know you well and they've got a really good defensive coordinator. And you managed to move the ball on them pretty well and give yourself the chance to score touchdowns, which is the next step. But I want to ask you, I th- I'm not sure that they're locked into the three seed. I think they might be. They are? They are? Yeah. So so next week, they could still get the two seed, right? If no. Miami won? No? They're locked in. That's it. Okay. They're the three seed. So what do you do next week? Do you rest everybody? Do you play a little bit, try to build off this momentum? <laughs> What's your approach to this for the Chiefs? Here's Here's my – qualm with this if you play somebody that matters and they get hurt it's a disaster like just think about because i know look there is a real argument i'm not saying there's not about like hey look play these guys especially on offense i give everybody on defense the week off everybody offensively you could argue it the problem is can you imagine if they play and they're like we're gonna play for a half and kelsey gets hurt or something and now you're like oh my god we just lost this guy for what right like that's the terrifying scenario. I don't think I would play anybody. I don't. Now, I will say this. If the offensive players go to him and are like, look, we want to play. Like, we need to continue to play to find ourselves. I, okay. But I, I just can't. Like, right now, there's a couple milestones out there that the players are going to want to get. But I don't know that you'll let those guys make that decision. Like, Pacheco, excuse me, I'm doing this in real time. He needs 65 yards for a 1,000-yard season. Um, Rasheed Rice needs 61 yards for a 1,000-yard campaign. Kelsey needs 16 yards to get to a 1,000. Like, I could picture them maybe putting Kelsey in there and just being like, hey, we're going to run a couple, like, quick outs to get you to 16 yards. And like call it a day. I could see them doing that. The rest of those guys, like Rice and Pacheco, are too far away to be like, we're gonna try to get you 60 yards. Like, I I think you probably sit him. Would you sit him? Yeah, I would. I would. It's just not, it's just not worth it. I mean, we saw what happened last year with Brandon Staley and the Chargers when he was playing Mike Williams for no reason and the right. guy like broke his back or whatever. It's just it's not worth it. If you want, if you were trying to get into a rhythm, you had 17 weeks to do it or, you know, 16 games to do it. And you, what you really need is you need a guy like Travis Kelsey to have a whole week to rest and get healthy for the playoffs. That's the most important thing is if you can yeah. get him going along with the other strides you've made in the offense, you actually have a shot in this thing. Uh, if you can't get him going, I don't think they've got a chance in this one. So I say rest him. You're yeah. right. They're locked into that three seed. It's it's probably what is it going to be? Is going to be Miami or Buffalo coming to Kansas City? It's, well, I tell you right now, there's a lot of scenarios. So, um, I I've been sitting here like a nerd going over this for a week. Essentially, the Dolphins are the six seed if the Bills beat them. That's it. 
they're the six feet. If the now here you're ready. For, so I don't know if some people know this, maybe some don't. Yeah. If the Dolphins beat the Bills and the Steelers beat the Ravens, we're going to be playing for nothing. The Bills miss the playoffs. Like wow. the Bills are going to go from if the Bills win, they're a two seed. If they lose, they're probably out of the playoffs. So you have this scenario where Miami's going to play because Miami's got to play. I mean, you're trying to win the division. The difference between being a two and a six is ridiculous. Like you're going to play that game. Of course, unfortunately, Bradley Chubb looks like he tore his ACL, which is, I got to tell you, if that were the Chiefs, you're down 30 some odd points. What is he doing in the football game? But that's neither here nor there. The, the Bills can only be the six if the, in a scenario that involves the Titans beating Jacksonville. So it's unlikely the Chiefs are going to play Buffalo. It is extremely likely that it'll either be the Dolphins, which will have – that'll be the case if the Dolphins lose, or the Chiefs will play the second-place team in the AFC South. Which could be so, Houston. Right, right. Yeah. If, and if, if the Bills lose, that's almost guaranteed what you're going to have. So Because the Browns, they will not play. The Browns are locked in at the five. The Chiefs are locked in at the three. The Browns are locked in at the one. The AFC South winners locked in at the four. So you're going to either see Houston, Indianapolis, who, by the way, those two teams play each other next weekend, Houston or Indianapolis, or you see the Dolphins if they lose. The only way you're getting the Bills is if they lose, and then there's a bunch of weirdness. Like it, the Bills, it is highly unlikely that the Chiefs will play the Bills. If – Let's see. I've got it. If if Miami beats Buffalo and Baltimore wins, I've got Buffalo at Kansas City. If what happens? If if Miami beats Buffalo, uh, and Baltimore beats the Steelers, I'm getting Buffalo at Kansas City. Oh, um, that's um, that's that's if the Titans beat the Jaguars. The Titans have to beat Jacksonville. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So but, I mean, unless the Titans beat Jacksonville, Buffalo is not going to Kansas City. Yeah. Um, but I'm getting a scenario here where let's see if the Jaguars beat the Titans, the Chiefs win, the Ravens win, the Dolphins beat the Bills. I've got Buffalo going to Miami as the seven seed. That is very possible. Yeah. Chiefs well, see, the, 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 the fulcrum point of all this is going to be Pittsburgh's playing in Baltimore next weekend. Okay. If Pittsburgh loses that game, I believe there's no world where Buffalo misses the playoffs. I think that would be it. In fact, I can check what we're talking about. I'm pretty sure that's it. If Pittsburgh loses, then that's that's all she wrote. Um, that That's a done deal. Um, because let's see here. Because I'm, I'm And by the way, for to be nice, I'm using the New York Times app. Uh, or app, not their app. Their playoff picture thing. I don't have their app. Um, so if, if the Steelers... If they lose, let's pull this up here. Okay. If the Steelers lose week 18 at Baltimore, if I could ever find the game, here we go. The Bills are in the playoffs. Okay. Now, if the Steelers win and Buffalo loses, the only way they make the playoffs is if, Jacksonville loses. Right. So if, so essentially, the, the, I know this is a lot of, if Jacksonville wins and Pittsburgh wins, Buffalo is in a scenario where it wins, it's the two seed, it loses, it's out of the playoffs. If if you're the Ravens, and I, the way the Ravens are playing, they shouldn't be scared of anybody. 
But if you're the Ravens and you're going into that game, are you kind of like, oh, let me just – oh, you lay down like a dog in this yeah, game. Right? Okay, you don't first, of all, first of all, you can't have any injuries. Okay, you just can't. That's insane. Secondly, if you're the Ravens, like, God, put Mason Rudolph in the playoffs. Are you kidding me? Like, right. I don't care how much you hate that team, right? It's like if the Chiefs were like, hey, guys, if you sit, it might be Aiden O'Connell. But if you play hard, it's Josh Allen. I don't care how much you hate the Raiders, right? You're like, hey, come on in. Like, I mean, it's if you're the Ravens, you lay down like a dog in the street in that football game. Go, Man. hey, great, please beat us. And then you hope that Miami wins. Now, the way Miami's playing, I don't know if Miami's winning anything. But if Miami wins that game, and let's be clear, clear too, Miami's going to be desperate as hell in that football game. I mean, that is going to be a wild game. And, you know, one thing, too, can it just be said, the Bills look like shit the last two weeks. Like this idea that the Bills have been like this forced to be reckoned with. There are Kadarius Tony Toe from losing that game. They were atrocious the last two weeks against the Chargers and against New England. I mean, on one hand, I don't have a lot of faith in Miami. On the other hand, like, do you really think Buffalo is going to go down there and play great? Do you see Buffalo? So it's going to be very interesting. I That is going to be a game born completely of desperation. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch how it all plays out. And we'll be able to sit back and relax as Chiefs fans because nothing the Chiefs do is going to matter. So it's scouting week for, for, for Andy Reid. A few more Super Chats to get to here. You guys have been awesome with your support. Thank you. ZK4BZ wants to know if Andy Reid fatigue is a real thing. What do you think, Verderam? You think Andy's been there for a long time now? The team's starting to tune him out? Um, No, I don't. I mean, look, I think – I think it has been something where they gambled on some receivers that it's come up snake eyes. I mean, sometimes I think it's Oakham's razor, right? Like just the most obvious answer is the answer. NVS fell off a cliff. Sky Moore is not good. Kadarius Tony's not good. Like they bet heavily on MVS staying the same. They bet they bet on Moore being being good. They bet on Tony being good. Uh yeah, amazing. Love amazing. Uh, a little cameo appearance. Um, she charges 20 bucks for each cameo. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, look, I think realistically speaking, like that's where you sit right now. I mean, I don't think it's about Andy. Andy knows how to coach. And I think a lot of those guys in the room love Andy Reid. I think it is just a case of their receivers stink. I mean, the only saving grace for this team is Rasheed Rice. Can you imagine if they didn't draft that kid, what this would look like? I mean, he is the lone saver. Oh, you could make a real argument other than Puka Nakua. He's the best rookie receiver in the league. Yeah. I mean, Flowers, Addison. Flowers. I mean, right now, I take Rice over anybody except Puka Nakua. He's been incredible. So, you know, they have him. They got Kelsey. They got Pacheco. They got Mahomes. You hope if you're a Chiefs fan, that's enough. Yeah, and I don't think – look, these rosters change over so much other than a few core guys that, you know, you think Rasheed Rice is sick of hearing what Andy has to say. No, I mean, it's it's – there's a whole different team than the, the one that won the Super Bowl the first time. So uh, another super chat from Faithful. Uh, why don't they use Hardman more and not MVS? I, you know, I think I think they're going to use Hardman a little bit more maybe in the playoffs. Um, but I think he was just coming off injury, putting him back in this game. I think they probably felt more comfortable with MVS. God knows why. Um, but I, you know, I was I was joking they should try Creed Humphrey as their as their deep receiver if they're going to keep putting MVS in there. Uh, and then another uh, super chat from, and by the way, we had one from Matt and we answered his question. So, so thank you. Thank you, Matt. Um, and uh, from Mason Jupe, uh, how about them chiefs? 
had a successful deep shot multiple times in one game, no big penalties, one costly turnover. Is this finally it? Is it happening? Are we peaking right before the playoffs? I don't know if I'd call that performance peaking. Um, Defensively, pretty solid. But look, man, after that just absolute dumpster fire that they put on the field last week, and they, they, yeah, they, they look like the Super Bowl Chiefs <laughs> compared to that. So, you know, that's that. And we've, we've said it multiple times during the show. That's what they need to do. If they can do their defense is good enough that they can win games like that. And then, oh, by the way, in your back pocket, you've got the best quarterback ever and a Hall of Fame coach and a Hall of Fame tight end. But I wanted to ask you about Kelsey Verderam. Not a big day from him. How, like, what, what is it just, hey, they locked him down three catches, 16 yards. He was only targeted four times. Are you worried that he's lost a step? Is he banged up? Is it a combination of both? This is a game he would would take over in the past. This is not a good defense against tight ends. What, what is your take on this? I mean, I think there's, I think two things can be true at once. Like the Bengals, it was pretty obvious. Like, and they were doubling him pretty much every play. I mean, they were doing everything to take him away. I do think he's lost a step, and I do think he's banged up. Now, how much of that is being banged up compared to losing a step? That's hard to say. I mean, when he got hurt early in the year, they thought he might have been done for the season. Like, he's probably been to some level pretty hurt throughout a lot of the season. At the same point, he's 34 years old. I mean, he's not going to always be the guy who just runs a bunch of, you know, routes and he's wide open down the seams 25 yards. I still think in the end, though, like, is he still probably the best tight end in football? Yeah, probably. I mean, him or Kittle, right? So I think overall, has he lost a step? Yeah, a little bit. But, you know, in the end, if you're the Chiefs, like, look, man, Kelsey and Rice and Pacheco and Mahomes are the offense. And you're going to have to ride that as far as you can ride it. And in, in this conference, I think it's pretty clear the Ravens are the best team right now. I also think I've seen this movie with the Ravens, and I wouldn't be totally shocked if they lost in the first playoff game they have. Like, I, I think they look great. I think they look great. But, like, would anybody be truly shocked if they lost in the divisional round, the AFC title game? I mean, I, I wouldn't be. So, I think if you're the Chiefs, like, are the Ravens the favorites right now? thousand percent. Is there anybody else in the AFC that you're like, that team's just demonstrably better right now in Kansas City? No. And if the Chiefs got to the AFC championship game, played Baltimore, like, would I give them a shot in the game? Yeah. I mean, I would. So, I think the difference with the Chiefs right now is, for years, you just went in with such a, 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 an amount of confidence. I think right now you go into it with a lot of trepidation and you just know, like, this team doesn't have the margin for error it once had. But that all being said, if you asked any other team, hey, look, are you really excited about facing them? I mean, of course not. Of course you're not excited to face them. Nobody's lining up to draw Kansas City in the playoffs. So, you know, look, you won your division. It was hard to get to the playoffs. You got there. Now you're probably going to get a week off and you're going to have a road that isn't going to include at least one home game. And potentially more to come. I mean, we'll see how it shakes. But, like, you know, the Chiefs are – look, they're in the dance. They put themselves in a position to, to make their run. Go try and do it. Yeah, and, you know, if you look at the way it's it's shaking out for the playoffs, you got a Cleveland Browns team that should take care of I, – I think they should – I think they'll go on the road and beat Jacksonville. So do I. And then in the divisional round, they'd be going to play a Baltimore Ravens team that they know very well, that they have 
beaten this year without a quarterback, by the way, without a quarterback. They had no quarterback when they beat the Ravens. Flacco's playing out of his mind. Can you, can you imagine the theater of that one? Joe Flacco is the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns going to Baltimore and knocking them out of the one seat. Tell you what, they'd have a shot. That team, they're weird. I got to be fair. I could see the Browns also just absolutely falling apart in a playoff game because Flacco's throwing like 10 picks. But you know what? They got a really good defense, and he's got them confident. Like he and Stefanski's a coach that can get the job done. I mean, I, I'm with you. Like if you said to me, let's say the Bills win their their game, okay, and they're the two, and they play. Actually, you know what? I'll give you. I'll give you a, an interesting one that I actually might, honest to God, pick the team that's the wild card. If Houston goes up to Buffalo, I might pick Houston to win that game. Yeah. Because one thing about them, Stroud can throw it with anybody. Like they could get into a game with Buffalo where it's like, guess what? You can't stop us. Here it comes. Like, I don't know that I'd have the guts to pick them, but I wouldn't be shocked if they went in there and gave them a lot of problems. Like I could see them doing it. Now, do I think the Bills would be favored? Of course. Um, let's say they win. The Chiefs would then play the Dolphins. I mean, I think the Chiefs could beat the Dolphins right now. There's no, in fact, I would take the Chiefs to beat the Dolphins. I think the Chiefs are the worst possible matchup for Miami because they can just put their corners on their receivers and they can they can stop them. And I think Cleveland would beat Jacksonville. And if that were all correct, Cleveland would go to Baltimore and Kansas City would go to Buffalo. And I don't know how many people feel about this. I got to tell you right now, I think the Chiefs would absolutely have a shot to go to Buffalo and win that football game. Buffalo is the Chiefs. They're the same damn team. Like, I mean, Kansas City, like, I wouldn't be shocked if they lost either, but, like, I wouldn't be shocked if Kansas City went in there and won that game. Like, yeah. they're the same football team. They make a bunch of dumb mistakes. They're they're ultra-talented. They've got deficiencies. Like, I, that's one of those games, that, like, you just flip a coin. I don't know. I mean, even in Buffalo. So, that would be – it would be fascinating. It would be fascinating. It would be fascinating, too, to see Mahomes in his second – in his first ever road playoff game, going into Buffalo, what does that bring out in a guy? You know, um, it's 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 just interesting. I think I think we're in for a really interesting AFC playoffs. I'm really hoping for that Cleveland Baltimore matchup. I think that'll be absolutely fascinating to watch. Great storyline. Jacksonville, I don't think has it. I'm with you. I think Houston's the next most dangerous team that could be in the playoffs. Indianapolis is frisky. Like I could see them upsetting somebody, um, but but I don't see them obviously making it through the Super Bowl. So it's going to be an interesting field. Um, and and <laughs> you got to hand it to Mike Tomlin, man. Just won't have a losing season. Won't it's do unbelievable. it. It's it. You know, it's just it doesn't matter. Um, he's. Uh, <laughs> do you feel like he's like the, he's starting to become the Marty Schottenheimer of the modern era, like? Always wins, like wins regular season games. But, you know, I know he got the Super Bowl early in his career, but hasn't done anything really in the playoffs for a long time. Um, I think that Tomlin, because of that Super Bowl, will walk into the Hall of Fame one day, where unfortunately I don't think Marty ever will, though I think Marty frankly deserves to. I mean, I, yeah. I get it. Like, I get the whole, like, he never got to a Super Bowl. Okay. I mean, I think Chuck Knox is a massively underrated coach. The guy did nothing but win for 20-some-odd years. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. Who's a better coach, Marty Schottheimer or, or Gary Kubiak? I mean, yeah. what are we talking about? 
But in any event, no, I think Tomlin, Tomlin to me is the epitome of like, hey, man, just finds a way. Just find, just find ways. Like it's, it's incredible how often you look at the Steelers and you're like, they have no quarterback. They have no, no this. They have no that. And they just went anyway. I mean, the year that the Steelers came to Kansas City and got boat raced, Roethlisberger's last game, you could have played in that game at quarterback and been more effective. Like it was unbelievable how bad Roethlisberger was. That's the only game from a Chiefs perspective I can remember sitting there and being like, oh, my God. Like, I almost feel bad for this guy. It's just so bad. Like, this is this is like pulling, a, like, a 50-year-old man out of the stands and being like, hey, you want to throw some passes in a playoff game, see what happens? They get to the playoffs with that guy. Like, Tomlin, to me, is an unbelievable coach. And the fact that Steelers fans a lot of times are like, they should get rid of him. Like, Do you understand how many teams would hire that guy? Yep. I mean, 25 teams would fire their coach and try to hire him, if not more than that. He's only three for five minutes. Oh. I mean, if the Chargers spent any money, that would be the easiest hiring of all time, right? Like, he's an amazing coach. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, real quick, we get, we're going to give out some arrowheads, and then we're all going to go have dinner and, and drink our faces off. But first, I wanted to ask you, and maybe you don't feel this way, but did you would you believe me if I told you over the summer that by the end of the season, the Broncos would have made you feel bad for Russell Wilson? No, and it's funny you said that. I actually on a radio spot a couple of days ago. It's like I can't believe I've been put in a position to defend Russell Wilson, but here I am. Yeah, like Russell Wilson basically had the football equivalent of uh, of, of Joe Pesci and Goodfellas at the end. Like yeah. that's basically what happened. It was like, hey, yeah. you're gonna get made. Hey, oh damn, no. Like, I mean, how do you? They gave him a five year extension for two hundred and forty five million. He never played it down on it. And they're sitting there like, hey, listen, if you give back $37 million we stupidly paid you, you can finish out the season for our crappy team before we cut you. Deal? Yeah. yeah. I'm sure he'd sign up. I mean, you know how dumb you've got to be to the NFL and the NFL PA are like, wait a minute, like, we're getting involved now. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. Like it, it, no, I would not have believed that that was possible, but here we are. And what do you think of Sean Payton? Just he just seems like an absolute asshole, you know? I mean, it, I, it's unbelievable. I uh, Like, early in his career in, in, in New Orleans, I like I, I liked Sean Payton. thought he was an interesting coach. Then you had the Bounty Gate thing. And that, like, he just, ever since he arrived in Denver, it just seems like he just, he's buying into his own hype. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty awful, man. It's not great. It's not yeah. great. I mean, you know what? My problem with Peyton is like everything's everybody else's fault. Yeah. I mean, I, I got to tell you, I've watched about every snap of them this year. He's not been good. Yeah. Like, and I'm not, I'm not sitting here pulling, uh, pulling any kind of rank for Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson's not been good either. I know people look at his numbers. They're like, oh, well, look, he threw 20, whatever, how 26 touches. Russell Wilson has not been good this year. He's been better than he was last year, but he's been an average quarterback. I don't have any problem with Denver moving off of Russell Wilson. And, and hell, I, I, I would have deep concern if they didn't move off Russell Wilson at some point. But this idea that he's so bad that he's held back Sean Payton, does anybody think next year that team's winning 12 games? Like, who the hell's going in there? You're eating $85 million in dead cap. What are they going to do, draft Bo Nix and go to the Super Bowl? I mean, <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think it's, 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 a, it's a horrible one. All right, let's give away some arrowheads for this one. Chiefs win the division. 
eight years in a row and eliminate the Bengals for the second year in a row, which if you're a Chiefs fan and you dislike the Bengals, that's a nice feeling to end the year with, sending them home, Burrow or no Burrow. Two years two years in a row sent the Bengals home. Yep, yep. Um, but who, who who gets an arrowhead from you for their performance in this one? Sneed. Sneed. I thought he was the best player on the field. And the guy didn't practice all week with a calf injury. I mean, he was – I don't. I honestly think it's almost gotten to the point we take it for granted. He's so dominant that it's like, oh, well, that other team's number one receiver isn't going to do anything. I mean, we know what a luxury it is in the NFL. Like they play Miami in round one, and you can just be like, Tyreek Hill is just not going off in this game. I don't care. I just put Lajarius on, and that's it. Uh, Sneed would get one, and uh, shout out to Carl Loftus who uh, went over ten sacks. So uh, he, he gets another one for me too. Yeah, three three quarterback hits for Carl Loftus. Great game by him. Yeah, really solid game for him. Uh, look, it's got to be Rasheed Rice. Five receptions, 127 yards on six targets. Uh, caught almost everything that was thrown to him. And, and then Isaiah Pacheco, man. He's the heartbeat of this offense. As he goes, I think they go. I think as they head into the playoffs, it should be a priority early in games to get him going. Find a way. Get him going. Passing game, running game, whatever. Get him going. If you can get him going, I think it's going to make everything else easier for your offense and uh shout out to the shout out to the offensive line in this one who did a good job you know blocking so that he could get going in this one and late and allowing Mahomes for the most part he did you have a little bit of pressure but um good for Wanya Morris not giving him an arrowhead but uh he's been asked to do a really it's been thrown to the fire it's been a pretty like hey man go out there and block one-on-one all game and hope for the best i mean that's you're asking a lot by the way the chiefs overall one sack in the first half six sacks uh total justin reed had two of them uh george karloftis one and a half amenahu a half sack wharton a sack jones a sack they hit him 14 times in that game i mean 10 is a huge number 14 times and by the way, Jamar Chase, three catches, 41 yards. T. Higgins, one catch in yep. that game. Yeah. And shout out to Mike Dana, who had two quarterback hits. Uh, actually, it's pronounced Dana. We've been calling him Mike Dana on the show for about three oh, yeah. years now, is what it is. Um, <laughs> he, he's just been tremendous as a chief. Um, really great value for them. I don't know if they're going to be able to afford to bring him back. Somebody's probably going to throw some money at him, and it just might not be economically feasible for them. But another nice season for him. And, and you've heard the guys on the team talk about how he always just shows up, is always where he's supposed to be. So uh, another good game for him, making an impact, and, and hopefully he can carry it on into the playoffs. All right, Verram, what do you got going tonight? I see – I see. I, I think I saw Lance creeping around in the reflection there. Um, you guys uh, – you going to time one on tonight? Uh, he, he's already drinking bourbon currently. I um, I'm also going to drink bourbon. I'm bringing two bottles back to uh, Rockford when I leave here tomorrow, but we'll see. Maybe I won't uh, have two bottles to bring home after that. I I was just about ready to start doing pulls during the first half of that game. Yeah. Um. It was. It was like Jake Browning was like Fran Tarkington scrambling around. But in any event, um. Yeah. Just gonna you know hang out. You know, cover Sunday night football for SI and then watch the ball drop. I will say this. I have to say this at the end. First of all, everybody out there was listening. I hope you had a great 2023. I hope 2024 is even better. Happy New Year. Have a safe one. Have a great one. It always cracks me up in the central time zone when the ball drops in New York City and people are counting it down. It's like, bro, you're at 11 o'clock. Stop doing it. The first time I, I went through New Year's Eve, having moved out to the Midwest, I was out with, at the time, my girlfriend, now my wife. And 
she's got the you know the happy new year hat on and everybody's celebrating and throwing crap in the air. And I, I, I honestly, if you could ever find the security footage from this club we were at, I'm laughing so hard I can't. I'm like, you're all such losers. It's eleven o'clock. Right. <laughs> like, what is happening? Yeah. And yeah. It, it was it was so anticlimactic because it was a happy new year in an hour maybe, and then they like at, at midnight again. They're like, yeah, again, happy new. Year. I mean, it's. I'm, I'm glad at least I'm in New York for this because that's so embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, and sh- Chicago also has the absolute worst show. It doesn't even uh, count. As a oh, show. it's horrible. It's so dull. They're bringing in like people, like Happy New Year. They bring in like like E list celebrities from the early '90s. Like, I mean, it is it is absolutely horrible. We just watched the New York one. Um, I mean, look, they're all bad with like terrible musical performances and drunk idiots. But like, at least you get the big ball drop in Times Square and all that. Um, And you know, the other thing that that and and you you maybe take will take uh, offense to this as a New Yorker, but it pisses me off. They play old Lang Syne for like 15 seconds and then they, they play start spreading the news. And listen, I lived in New York for a decade. I love start. Spreading I, I agree news. with you on this actually. Yeah. yeah. Play old Lang Syne, play the whole damn thing and then play start spreading the news. It just yeah. drives me nuts. By the way, everybody at Times Square is so inebriated to urinating all over themselves. By the time they play start spreading the news, like you could play like, don't stop believing and nobody would know the difference. Right. So I'm with you on that. Um, I, I just find the whole thing, like, it's just, it's all, it's all ridiculous. Like the ball drop, it's like, it's cool. Cause it signifies the new year and like, that's our thing. And that's cool. And that's fine. But like, it is, it's, it's such a holiday of like, we're going to get absolutely annihilated. And then, and then you start the new year, just hung over and in deep pain. And then, I, and look, the worst part of growing up with, with new year, and I'm not going to do the impersonation is poor Dick Clark at the end of this thing. Oh yeah. The man is an American icon, has a stroke. God bless him, survives it. He's in his 90s. And ABC's like, hey, Dick, Dick, get get in here because Seacrest can't do the last minute of the countdown. So we're going to do the, the poor guy, right? They dress him up. He's out there. You know, it's freezing. Yeah. And he's they got this guy counting down from 10. They're like, my God, yeah. can't they run? Like a clip of him from like 1995 when he was in good health and like just have him count from 10 then like just superimpose it or something like every year this poor guy they trot him out there and they're like oh my god Dick Clark again like and he and, and then you know Happy New Year and the, I always felt like at Happy New Year I'm like oh my god I felt so bad for him yeah like and then of course you know you know God rest his soul he passed away but like the man had dignity. Yeah, and they trotted him out there. I mean, at some point, like, do you just maybe say, "Hey, Dick, listen, not we're we're, we're just going to have you. We're going to celebrate from home." You know, yeah. ABC should be everybody involved should be brought up on charges for that. Agreed, agreed. Well, listen, everybody, uh, hit the like button on your way out on YouTube. Thank you to all of our listeners and viewers throughout the whole year. It's been another awesome year of support. Our show has grown by leaps and bounds again. That's all thanks to you guys and your support. You're who we do it for. So we're wishing all of you in the Chiefs kingdom and hell, even you Bengals fans, Bills fan, our guy Axon Jackson, who's out there somewhere I know. Um, Happy New Year. Be safe out there. Somebody was saying in the in the comments, if you're out and you're drinking, call an Uber, call a cab. Don't don't be part of amateur hour. Don't be a clown. Don't get yourself or somebody else into trouble. Just have a good time. I know those surge prices go crazy at midnight. 
wait 45 minutes, have a seltzer water, and they'll go back down. Um, thank you again for everybody of your support. We will be back next week with our regular slate of shows. We'll break down the playoff picture for you. Uh, we'll have all the fallout on arrowheadact.com. You, of course, can read all of Matt's fantastic work over at sportsillustrated.com. Uh, and again, thank you guys so much for your support. Shout out to producer Richard for working with us here late on New Year's Eve and to all of the Chiefs kingdom. See you next week. But until then, as always, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs.